Welcome to the Creating Us podcast, hosted by the Office of People and Values. My name is Jason Weber, and I'm joined today with Helen Davenport, Tanya Fraley, and Deshaun Avery. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode, and I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today. This podcast is going to cover the last behavior in our visionary value. And that behavior is to demonstrate commitment to lifelong learning and personal development. Now, I said that I was excited because today we have a guest with us, uh, Dr. Nicole Fredericks-Jackson, joining us all the way from Minnesota. And uh, I'm excited to learn about kind of how she got to where she is today, because I think it's a great, uh, kind of a great story, one that, I, that all of us can relate to. And then also talking a little bit about, you know, her thoughts around this idea of, you know, demonstrating commitment to lifelong learning, personal development, you know, why is that important today? So let's go ahead and jump right in. Nicole, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful, Jason. Thanks so much for having me here today. I really, I'm excited for this time. Absolutely. Well, why don't you go ahead and start off? Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you, what your current role is. Well, Jason, I am an attorney turned career coach. Um, I hold a doctorate in educational leadership uh, from the University of St. Thomas. And about three years ago, I embarked on my own personal um, or owning my own coaching business. I'm a career leadership coach here, as you noted, in Minnesota, but I do it anywhere in the U.S., given our new virtual um, landscape, which I was doing virtual well before all this, and I was very, wasn't excited that the pandemic hit. I was very happy, though, to see people embrace the ability to do this more virtual. Um, and so I am a career, I, I'm I love what I do. So a few years ago, I decided to transition from uh, 20 years of legal practice. So I worked um, in the public sector for about 10 years. I worked in higher ed um, for a law school in student development and um, alumni relations for 10 years. And then I transitioned out of that into the corporate world where I do uh, legal consulting. So I should say, I actually still do legal consulting. I haven't completely hung up my my attorney hat. It's kind of hard to fully give that up for me. Um, and we can talk about that, maybe the why of that later. But what I do then is I do both the legal consulting and coaching, and I absolutely love it. So making a switch from legal practice into uh, you know, a, a career coach. Some may say that, wow, that's a pretty significant switch, you know, after committing this time to your training and development and then to make the switch. What what led to that? Yeah, yeah. So it was many years ago. Um, you know, I've always been, um, I guess what we would define as a high achiever, right? Um, I always went after education. Education was always extremely important to me. I saw my parents. I'm a first-generation college student, obviously a first-generation then law student by virtue of that. Um, And accolades and achievements were something that were always kind of on my radar. It was you needed to get the degree. You needed to do, you know, certain things um, in your career in order to advance. And 
I had kind of hit this point where I, I, I had the white picket fence, as I like to say, right? I looked around and, you know, I have the husband, the kid, the house you want, you know, the cars you want, whatever. And for some reason, I recognized I still wasn't happy. And what was the not happy piece? I mean, not that I was an unhappy person, but there was something really deeply missing and I wasn't sure what was going on. And so I stopped and kind of took stock of what was happening. And I realized that I had spent so much time defining myself as the career, um, the job that I wanted. And I think it was someone had said something that really just caught me off guard, which was, this is my own version of it. Someday you're going to be 62 and you're going to retire. That is the retirement age, right? Or is it 67? I don't know if it's gone up, but, you know, don't ask me. I'm going at 62 no matter what. No, <laughs> maybe not in this career. But at the end of it, like, what do you have? Like, and if you've let your career define who you are, you suddenly will hit that retirement age and realize that you don't have, you have to redefine what defines you. Um, and so I took really deep note of that and decided to go on that deep journey myself. And I started with um, coaching um, myself, being coached and um, absolutely loved it. And I found that I loved it so much because I had actually been doing a lot of that. So um, in higher ed as um, in student life, I was working with uh, an alumni relations, I was working with new young attorneys or those who had maybe, it was a relatively young law school at the time, so had five to 10 years experience out and helping them navigate some of those waters too. Um, and I found that I always enjoyed that piece of that work. Um, and so that's what led me to finish up my doctorate, which did take a little bit of time. I had a child in the midst of that um, and then went on, finished that and ultimately embarked on this journey to help others. You know, it, it's very, you know, I, I always want to use cautious because right? what I wanted to say right out of the gate was, you know, I think this is very relatable, you know, for a lot of individuals, but at the same time, it's also very unique to you. You know, it's, it's also a journey that you have been going on. And one of the topics that we talk a lot about is, you know, kind of this power of choice. We all have the ability to make choices. Um, if we're not happy, we have the power to make the choice, right? Rather than someone making that choice for you. How does that relate to what you've been through and, and maybe even the why that you made that change? You know, I actually remember the very specific day where I just, I drew a line in the sand and literally it was in the sand because we were actually in Florida at the time visiting my mom and we were out at the beach and it was of course 40 degrees um, because who doesn't go from Minnesota down to Florida and have it be 40 degrees? So it was freezing cold. Um, but I remember being like, you know what? I choose happiness. And I don't know what it was about that day. Like I just said, you know what? I choose. And so I based everything from that day forward based on choosing happiness. Um, and choosing happiness, is it doesn't mean that, um, you know, I don't want to be Pollyanna, right? Like, I, it's not, everything's not happy, but I can choose to make the most out of anything that's facing me. So I started to make choices that were like, you know what? I don't love this house, but you know what? I choose to embrace it because it provides these things. It was a kind of a gratitude practice, which you see a lot of out there, but it was really like, you know, I'm really grateful that, you know, 
we live in a home uh, in Minnesota in January um, that has heat, that we have food, because I know that there's people out there who don't have that. And so at least trying to make the choice to honor what was the best piece of any situation, whether it was a really great situation or a not so great situation. Um, But, you know, one of the things, so there's a book called Essentialism by Greg McEwen that is one of my most favorite books out there right now. And he talks a lot about that power of choice. And one of the things that I really loved about how he put it, and this is my own words of it, but, you know, you may want a specific thing and you're going to, if you choose to not be happy because you can't get that specific thing, you're, you're not going to be, it's going to be a rough road. But the real reality is you might want this one thing, but there's five other choices out there. So six is closed off. That's not an option for you, but you have these five other options. And sometimes you have to pick one of those options in order to get to that sixth option. Because if you pick one of these and you do the best you can with it and make, make the best, then ultimately six may come your way or Maybe six never opens up, but a whole other door opens that you never envisioned. Um, I still may, you know, my husband, Jason. So it's one of those funny things that many years ago, when I was still kind of going through this, letting my career define me, I had a a moment where something happened in my career um, while I was working in in the public sector and I wasn't going to be able to do the specific job I wanted. And I remember feeling really crushed by that. And he gave me this book, Who Moved Your Cheese? Or Who Moved My Cheese, excuse me. And I remember being like, this book is, is so silly. Like, right? Like, and you read it and it's actually, it's just so little and it's, it, it makes me laugh. And I've actually read it a couple of times because it still makes me laugh. But it's so true. Like, who moved my cheese? And I have to find that other direction to go about finding what it is I want. Because when one door closes... Others will open, even though you don't see them. You have to open up your vision to see what choices you have out in front of you. You know, one of the um, one of the key things that you know I've heard throughout my time working in you know with teams and leaders and and staff members at multiple organizations, not just where we are now, but um, in other organizations that I've been a part of, is you know I've heard individuals say you know, when I really stop and think about what I'm doing, either I'm not satisfied, I'm not happy, or, you know, my my passion or my dream is really to kind of go and do this, but I'm not willing to do that, or I'm not able to do that because there are these kind of environmental dynamics around them, right? Like, I have to have this, I really want to do that, but I have to have this, so I'm not willing to kind of leave that. For those that may be in that mindset, and and I think, you know, to be honest, I I mean, I even think of my own career, and there were absolutely times where I'm like, here's what I really want to do, but I'm not willing to risk, you know, kind of giving up what I have. For those that may have that mindset, what thoughts do you have for for them? I have many different thoughts in many different directions, (laughs) but I will... I'll, I'll rein it in into one direction. Um, one of the thoughts that comes to mind is this concept of you can find enjoyment where you're at, even if you're in a spot where you're in a job that might not be exactly what you want right now, right? 
But it goes back to your career, your job does not define you. So you need to start to look at other avenues. Like there's a whole wheel of life and it is a life coaching exercise, but I think it's one of the best things you can possibly do within the career environment. And it's to look at things like, how are your relationships? Like on a scale of one to 10, where are are these things at? So relationships, um, time with family and friends, what do you do for fun? Um, what does bring you joy? Like, is there something that you enjoy doing um, that maybe you're not doing much of? Maybe you're not having any fun. And so you go through all of these things. It's spirituality, physical health, um, you know, kind of that whole, like, what's bringing you energy. And if you can stop and take a look at those things and figure out kind of on a scale of one to 10, where you're at in those areas, and then pick one that you want to move up. Say you said, I'm a five out of 10 right now in fun. Um, what is one thing you can add in? And maybe there's something in your, like in what you, what's a passion for you that you're able to add in on the side and put those pieces in. So you do things that you actually really enjoy because when you find that you're taking care of your health, you're having fun, um, you're spending some time meaningful time with family and friends, um, you start to become a happier person. And that ultimately shows up with you in the job that you're at. And when you're in that space, your job, it's a, it's a place, it's a necessity for most of us. We have to work. Um, you know, there are, there are very few who don't have that, you know, or that have the luxury of not having to work. For all of, for most of us, we have to work. We have to provide for our family. We have to provide for ourselves. Um, you know, we have to be able to pay our rent, um, pay our mortgage, have food on the table, whatever that might look like. And so, jobs are a necessity. And sometimes, if we look at them as a necessity rather than our end-all, be-all, it becomes let, a lot less burdensome. Like it's not like the weight of having joy, my joy, come from my job is not there anymore because I know that joy comes from all these other avenues and pours in and then I can show up in a much better space. And you know what? I collect the paycheck and I'm pretty happy. I mean, that's, that's my philosophy on that. Um, and I've seen it. I saw it in my own work as I did the coaching and the, the work. I started to become much happier in the career. I ultimately decided to leave because at the same time doing that coaching, gave me confidence and it gave me courage um, and it reunited me with the person I really am, which has always been one to go after um, challenges, which I love. Um, And so it ultimately landed me in a place that I may not have 10 years ago taken this chance. I, I, I'm just thinking because I love what you just said there. Right. And being able to look almost at that whole picture, not just as the one. Right. Because, you know, how often do we look at work, as you were saying, look at work as it is the thing when in reality, you know, there are these other pieces that come into play. And if our focus, especially on our joy and our happiness and all of that, is we focus on that. It almost, I don't know, maybe I'm saying this wrong, so I'd love to get your thoughts. It almost kind of takes away the burden of having to be like 
super happy and have everything figured out at work if my family's good, my fun is good, my that kind of stuff. Am I in line with that or am I totally way off here? Because that's just what's going through my mind. I think you're right in line. I mean, I think of the career coaching that I do is a very holistic approach because mm-hmm. I think you have to bring your whole life. You, you can't compartmentalize work and your personal life. They intermix. And so, yeah, you have, like, if you can find your joy in all of these things, work just becomes one of the components. It's not the piece that defines you. And And I guess what I think of, and I think that there's others out here who have had this, but there was a time where um, I kept hearing, well, find your purpose, find your purpose and you'll love your work, find your purpose and you'll love your work. And so I kept looking for my purpose in my job. And I'm like, I don't, this is, I don't like this. Like this, I don't, this is not my, this can't be my purpose. Like, oh, please, you know, let this not be my purpose. And I remember feeling really down because I couldn't find purpose. And I realized as I started to go deeper into this, that purpose doesn't come from my work. Purpose comes, work serves me in the sense that I can pay for my purpose. And for me, my purpose is spending time with my family, um, helping raise my soon-to-be nine-year-old son, and being able to share in experiences. And what I use work for is to provide for travel because we love to travel together. We love to, we don't go to exotic places. I mean, we're talking, I love Scottsdale, right? Like, yay, (laughs) I love traveling. Um, But I love those times together, you know, being able to go stay someplace, go hiking, do all of those things. And that ends up feeding my soul. So I've made it my purpose to travel quarterly with my family um, and be able to go and enjoy experiences. And so that's, that's how I view it. You know, and there's, man, there's just so much that, I mean, this mindset shift, I mean, cause that's really what it is, right? Yeah. It's, it's how we want to view the environment in which we're in. Uh, how do, where do we want to put our focus? Right. We know, just like you said, the job is essential, right? Um, you know, we all provide for families and we have all that. Okay. So we know that. So we can kind of put that off to the side that we know that work is essential. That we want to do that. But then when we think about purpose, it's bigger than just work, you know, because I agree, you say that once you find your purpose and you'll be happy. And what do we always link it to? We link it to work. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Well, because, well, you spend, you know, people say, well, you spend more time at work with than you do with your own family, or you spend all this. Well, really, when you think about it, that's a choice, right? You know, I've been seeing more and more articles out there about individuals who have looked at um, this idea of, oh, I'm swamped, I'm busy, I'm working 10 to 12 hours, and how at one time that could have been viewed as, oh, wow, they must be really important, or they must be really, you know, whatever. Whereas now, we almost tend to look at it like, why? Why are you doing that to yourself? There's so much more out there. And so I think it's a big shift that we're, that we're needing to kind of remind ourselves of. Well, and with regard to too busy, I think that's something that we sometimes have to challenge ourselves on because how did you use all your time? Were you truly focused that entire time 
on the things, the important things, like the essential things to get, you have specific projects and were you focused on getting those advanced or did you maybe work on something that was a little less vital or did you find yourself surfing social media? Because let's be honest, I think many do like, right? Like all of a sudden you find yourself, I'm just going to look for, you know, 15 minutes at Instagram and you find yourself 45 minutes later and you're like, oh, well, I need to get that done. And that may be at work. That might just be at home, but it, we do things to distract ourselves. And, and sometimes we have to be aware to what our distractions are so we can start to bring that back in so we can figure out what really is, like, what's my deep why? Like, what is the piece that, why, why is work important? It's so I can, you have to go through all of the steps to kind of discern that why. But once you know your why, like everything you do should help advance the why. And it's not saying you're not going to do other things, but it's saying you need to figure out how to do less of those things. It's kind of a, rather than a to-do list, it's a to not do list. Like having that list of things that it's like, all right, if I want to go on Instagram, I have to do these five things um, before I give myself permission to do that. So I think sometimes we have to reassess what busy is because I think we could get caught up in that. And that's where people will look at us like, well, why are you doing that? Seems nuts. And sometimes we're like, well, I can't possibly fit that in. Well, you can if you reevaluate how things are. And, and sometimes saying yes to things means you're saying no to something else. And so sometimes evaluating what we're saying yes to based on, okay, what am I saying no to if I do this? Um, and is it vital to the work that I do or vital to, you know, helping my family? You know, it's, it's so interesting in today's day and age, we can become very busy, very quick. Um, but it is, it's about kind of reevaluating what does busy mean for me? You know, if I were to say, oh, I, I can't do that. I don't have the time for that. I don't have, um, you know, that's something that I've had to be very intentional with, especially going through the month of June and, and even forward is being very intentional with, okay, what do I you know, what does busy really look like and how I'm constantly evaluating it? Because I know that with everything going on, I could get so deep into work that I don't, by the time I get home, I just go right to bed. I wake up, come right back to work. And then I don't even spend time with my family. I don't even do things. And while that may seem okay, in the beginning, it's going to impact you as it goes, right? And so that that ability to be able to evaluate what busy means and really ranking those priorities is, is you know, kind of uh, one of those essential things that we should all be taking a look at. And how do you maintain the energy to even do the work that you're, you're trying to do? Because if you're not sleeping, if you're not eating well... <laughs> <laughs> if you're not getting out at least for some kind of movement and if you're not spending time with in the things that really do like feed you whether that's time with your family or time with you know friends um then you start to lose energy and the more you deplete yourself the less you're actually doing efficient work and so it's this it's this cycle 
um, that you're so busy, but now you're so busy and you're not getting nearly as much as you could done. If you had fed your energy, if you feed your energy, you can get so much more done and feel good about it at the end of the day. I mean, that's at least my philosophy because I also found that when you stop being reactive and you start being proactive, that's the intentionality of things. It feels a lot better. Like, right. Like if you can be more intentional about your day and, and intentional about maybe even setting that cutoff time, like, you know what? Yeah. There's more work to be done. There's always going to be more work to be done, but I'm going to leave at five today. I'm leaving at five. This no, 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 you know, no little, you know, beating down star. I can't even think of the name of it right now. It's going to come down and like crash on me. If I don't do this, like everything is going to be fine. I can start that project again in the morning. I'm going to go do something that feeds my soul. Um, And so I think we just need to be more intentional about those things. You know, there's so much value into, you know, what you've shared with us during this time. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've appreciated is, you know, when we look at this behavior of demonstrating a commitment to lifelong learning and personal development, it's not just academics. Mm -hmm. It's not just lifelong learning through getting a degree or getting a certificate or whatever. It really is about lifelong learning about who we are as individuals. Who do we want to be? What do we want to, you know, what, what is our purpose and how do we want to define that and how do we want to live that? And so I think there's a, just a massive amount of opportunity for us when we look at it through that lens. So, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast, this episode. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, uh, how, how can they do that? Um, I have a website. Um, it is Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E-F as in Frank, J as in Jackson, dot com. So, NicoleFJ.com, super easy to find. Um, and they can also reach out to me at Nicole at NicoleFJ.com by email. I want to thank you all for joining us today on this episode of the Creating Us podcast. If you have any additional questions, please feel free to reach out to us at opv at ttuhsc.edu. Until next time, take care.